0: The promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. bucks. we are all here. Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, Corey Freeman, and I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. And we delayed it all the way to 4 o'clock today so we could see Saya Suzuki make his Cubs debut in Cactus League action. We had it all planned out. A big reaction on video as we watch his first at bat as it sails out into the into the bleachers. A home run. We all leap to our feet and cheer. Instead, it was a strikeout on three pitches. Happy Friday to you. Yeah,
1: uh, one might call that not great. Um, I, it, we know. all know it means nothing, but it was a buzzkill. You painted yeah. a a very nice picture of what it
0: what we were hoping to have. Oh, happen, the people though. falling over themselves to go get the ball, running down the hill at Sloan Park. I loved being one of the first people, though, to tweet out "bust"
1: uh, sarcastically. Though, the, yes,
2: <laughs> it was anticlimactic, but the reaction video was actually pretty funny. Like the, the lack of reaction we really had just kind of made the reaction video that much that much fun.
0: It was typical. I think we were all
3: sort of <laughs> expecting. We were joking like double play on the first pitch or something like that. Just but kind it, of expecting it not to work out in our favor.
0: It happened so quickly. It was it was over before it started. The Suzuki era. It was one, two, era.
1: three. The Suzuki era.
0: I mean, we're we're kind of hoping now that at some point during the show, he comes up and does something so we can at least discuss what was going on. Because, I mean, I can't even evaluate anything off of that other than his chain looked nice. Yeah. And uh, that one time when he looked at the pitch, he looked comfortable at the plate looking at the pitch. Like, it, it was so quick that there's nothing to even say, yeah, that one foul ball or that, you know. <laughs> He just missed that one. Or. He,
1: he, that first pitch he got, I mean, that was probably the best one he got in terms of just hitting it hard somewhere with all the adrenaline he had as the crowd cheered for him
0: as he came to plate. Weirdly enough, all sitting down, uh, but, you know. The best, uh, so far, the best Seiya Suzuki debut story is off the field with him asking David Ross, who's eating Chex Mix, is that chocolate? And he says, No, it's Chex Mix. And he's like, No, in the Checks mix. He's like, Oh yeah. And then he rubs David Ross's belly <laughs> with his hand. And Ross is like, he's he's gonna fit in just fine. He's got a personality. Like he rubbed the manager's belly. <laughs> Joe Madden would have loved this guy. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean I Rossi does too, for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, right.
2: Ross could, I mean it's Ross great. You
0: would think a guy coming over from another country would have some like hesitation or be a little concerned about stuff first thing he did was tell mike trout he loves him the next thing he did was rub his manager's belly
3: (laughs) he's feeling comfortable and unfortunately
0: the third thing he did was strike out in his first at bat in the cactus league but it's still a cool day for cubs fans i mean now now you have another guy you can watch during these last two weeks of spring training before they get to wrigley field and (laughs) <laughs> Something to tide us over for a couple of weeks, right? And
3: he went out there. He was hacking and thrown in there against Herman Marquez. So, like you know, the Rockies, uh, a big time pitcher, and I thought the pitch was a little inside, but you know, whatever. Uh, we we did we did
2: say that <laughs> we are that, that already that arguing balls and strikes. <laughs> we did say yes. that hack that first hack looked effortless. It did. Which is yeah, how I
0: described it yesterday. So it was a it, it was a smooth, effortless swing and Exactly. Miss. So that's how you describe a swing, though. Yeah, that's uh, if it connects with a baseball watch out. So, uh, you know, he's, he's playing today, and hopefully we have better results. The Cubs also reduced their roster to 44, have to get it down to 28. Uh, Tommy Nance DFA'd after uh, apparently having COVID. Was that the surprise? Brendan Davis sent down to the minors, so you, would, you had kind of mentioned to us yesterday that you believed there was no chance, and you don't think He'll be up anytime, super soon in the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't
2: think like I, I mean, like I said the other day on the show is like he's not definitely not going to be up on opening day. I don't you were think, correct. Don't think that was ever like a realistic possibility, even though some people you know, wanted to believe it was. I don't, don't yell at me. No, I'm not saying like you. I'm saying some people. I, um, short I didn't. I, I do spring even think training
0: I and the knee injury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, there was not even time to get hot. Um, yeah, and exactly. then and then
2: um, I don't think he'll be up before uh, the you know before the. First half is over, maybe post all-star break or whatever. He might be up. But like I said yesterday, Brennan Davis, um, you know, he's obviously the future, and they see a future with Brennan Davis at center field or wherever in the outfield. But the Cubs are also in, like, that transition period where they're trying to figure out what they have with the Michael Hermosillo's, the Rafael Ortega's, the Clinton Frazier's that when, you know, again, that next great Cubs team isn't here in 2022 right now. But or any of these guys possibly on that next great Cubs team in 2023, 2024, whenever that happens, that's kind of what they're trying to figure out right now. And so I think bringing Brendan Davis up when he still has plenty of time to play in AAA or whatever, bring him up right now and and take you know just take at bats away from what's already a crowded outfield. I don't think that's I, I don't think that's the plan and I don't think that's the way they should go regardless. But if he's up in June, then prove me wrong. But I don't think he's up before um, the All Star break. I think That's you see it today, man. too. Like, you know, I know a lot of people saw that he was sent to minor league camp today
3: and they're like kind of wondering why it was so early and all that. But you see it in like the lineups they're doing. Like, Clint Frazier leading off Suzuki, Hap, Contreras. Those are the guys that need at bats, right? Like, so you're putting them at the top so they can get as many at bats, get out of the game whenever. And like Ryan just said, you can't, you can't, if Brendan's not going to break camp with this team, he can't be playing over Clint Frazier right now. You got to get. Clint right. Hot, you got to get Hermosillo, yeah. Hap working back from the elbow. You got to get those guys in, let them get out of there. Not they're not going to play the whole game. You know, put them in the top four or five and get them out of there.
2: Yeah, and then you, remember you were talking about yesterday is like if you can like, Clint Frazier's twenty-seven. If you can unlock that, that if you can get him towards the ceiling now, that benefits him and the Cubs in the next few years. Where you like this is the time to do that. This is the time for the Cubs to figure out if Clint Frazier can get close to that ceiling of a number five overall pick. I mean, Brennan Davis has. 56 at-bats above the double-A level. He's only 22. He has plenty of time to... Right. If you, you put him in the minors for three months and he kills it there, and then in three months you maybe have a better idea of what the outfield could look, like, the future outfield could look like with the guys on the roster now. And so then, I mean, at that point, if Michael Hermosillo, if, Roffle, if those guys aren't it in three months and you can tell, then Jed and Carter can go and say, okay, Brennan Davis is ready, especially if he's killing it at A, You don't know that for sure. But, Yeah. Brennan Davis is ready. Let's bring him up after the all-star break. And then you, you, know, you go with that. But again, th- this is my own kind of feeling. If he's up before the all-star break, that would be a surprise to me because there's so many different variables of like, you want to see what you got in the guys that are on the major league roster right now while letting Brennan Davis play every single day uh, in Iowa. So that's just my take. You guys
0: have talked me into it. I'm good with it now. I'm okay with <laughs> it. As long as somebody doesn't lose control of a pitch in the minor leagues. It's fair. Where they're working yeah. They, we
3: got to stop. Throwing near Brennan's knees yeah. or things like that. That was,
1: that was away, a, a away, real scare. Yeah. We're going to have to start wrapping him in bubble wrap or something, though, if, if that <laughs> continues.
0: Uh, Braylon Marquez sent a double A, another guy that we thought maybe, you know, if things were going right, you'd like to see him at some point this season be a piece in either the bullpen or the rotation. Um, but he also has to get some work. Like, he's, he's a guy that does need a little time. Because he hasn't pitched in such a long time. Like, he, he needs that time in Double I think. So, I, I, we weren't thinking he was going to make the opening day roster. So, yeah, and send think, him down there and let him do his work. Yeah, I think it's the same situation where, he, he you know,
2: 2020 was a lost season. And then last year was the – I mean, he, he had that one at the end of September that he came up and, and pitched against the Sox. I think it was in 2020. Right. But then last year it was – it was the, the COVID, and he got, you know, like, as um, the Trib, uh, Megan Montemurro reported that he had myocarditis from that, and then he had the shoulder issues, which he said maybe could have been from ramping, trying to ramp back up after COVID. So it was like 2021 was just a lost season, and so to say, like, oh, Braley Marquez should be, and then he barely got to the spring training this week, I think on Monday or Tuesday. Right, COVID so, again. Yeah, because of COVID again, and to try to say he should be on the opening day roster or up anytime soon, it's like... Again, another player that, hey, he's 23. He's got plenty of time to, you know, work on whatever, you know, work on, make sure he's healthy in the minors, work on what it is. And if he could go with Justin Steele, the the Keegan Thompson, hey, bring him up earlier, but give him a bullpen roll, give him a couple innings, you know, let him be that multi-inning guy. Then in June, July, send him back down, let him get stretched out in the minor leagues where he can, you know, have plenty of time to do that then you bring him up later in the year as a starter and see what you got because he could be a very solid rotation piece you just I don't think you risk bringing him up in May or June and throwing him at the Wolves when he's still again like right now he's still just trying to ramp back up to even be ready for when in April when the season starts there's a lot of stuff right now that I think you're seeing that's kind
3: of just a function of timing right and especially with the lockout the players not able to be in the facilities or talk to their coaches and however they were going about that. In an ideal world, like, Braylon is probably one of those guys who has a a full winter workout, you know, he's dealing with COVID, so he's behind physically and all of that, and now you've got, you know, when he arrived, three weeks left of spring training. Like, that's just not enough time for him to – earn that spot, show that he's got that command stuff ironed out, and for, like, Ross and Tommy Haddavy to really put him in a, a plan. Like, whatever we think of their competitiveness going into the season, they have to approach it with a specific plan of, here's how we plan to win games and try to win the division. And this there's a lot of guys where, in a different world and, and a longer spring training and a full-off season, maybe they fit the plans a little more. But you're just you, – you have to go with what you – can trust a little more with only a four or five weeks spring training.
2: I will say that he, he did tell us that he kind of worked this off season knowing what he knew from going through COVID and the stuff that came after that the first time like he worked and built up this off season, like knowing that could happen again. So that if he did get COVID again, which obviously he did that when he starts and when he comes back, he is already like in a better place than he was when he came back last year. Um, so that is something that will benefit him and could maybe move his timeline up a little bit, make him maybe he's a little more uh, built up and ready than we're giving him credit for. Um, but he, again, he's, he wasn't working with David Ross and, and, and Tommy Haddovey and all those guys over the lockout and stuff like that. So that, that's 99 days that he lost of being able to be on a plan that, you know, every day kind of, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm doing. What should I do? You know, that's. So again, that he lost all that time. He could be a little further along in building up than we
1: think. So maybe that moves his timeline up a little bit, but he is in double A, so it's like, you know, we'll see what the first month, month and a half, how he does, and see how fast the Cubs move him up to triple A. I don't think it's gonna take very long after he gets ramped up. The guy's too talented. It's not often you find a power lefty you can throw triple digits. I mean, and they
0: need that in the rotation yes. because of the way the the guys are really soft tossers. So like right. to throw him in the mix would be nice this season right, at yeah. some point.
1: And it, and you know, realistically, yeah, it was always like second half of the season. I think if there wasn't the lockout and the, you had a normal spring training where pitchers were reporting in in February, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he didn't get COVID again. Right, and he didn't get COVID. Then I think. He probably goes to Iowa, and we see him before June, personally. I, I mean, it's – that's just like, – if we have a regu- if we had a regular spring training, that's where I feel like the Cubs would have penciled him in at, or else yeah. I felt like they would have gone and gotten another starter. and But they didn't, and because of the lockout and everything, they just kind of, you know, yeah. were put in a situation where it's like, well, well th- we have to figure this out later. So, yeah, I mean, I think – you
2: know, Ross and and, and Tommy are just kind of – again, they, I mean, I think best case scenario, he comes up earlier than the second half of the season, but he's in that Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson role that, you know, he's young, we're going to build him up – or we're going to give him that major league experience, but we're not going to put him in the rotation yet. And then, you know, we're going to send him back down and, and then we're going to build him up. So I think that's – I think that's more of uh, Ross and, and Tommy's yeah. plan, especially considering the COVID and the late start
1: of spring training. But – It really will depend on where the yeah. Cubs are. Yeah. Like, again, if – if they fuck around and find a way to be in it in late June, early July, and you're like, well, we could bring Marquez up, especially if he's like playing well. And, and, and Iowa, I would assume by that point, like not saying they put him in as a starter right away, but like it does raise the eyebrow. It does make Cub fans, you know, consider all, you know, again, this is if the Cubs in fact fuck around and end <laughs> up like competing in July.
0: Well, it's a, 28-man roster once we get there, right? Yep. And Jordan Bastian put out his predicted 28-man roster, and we wanted to just kind of go through it and see this is how he divvied it up. I'll go through some of the names, and, and where could we maybe differ from what Jordan is thinking? I'm, catcher, he's spot on. There's going to be two catchers. It's going to be Contreras and Gomes unless <laughs> – unless Willie's traded, so let's just assume it's <laughs> Contreras yeah. and Gomes. Don't put that energy out there. Luke. First, first base, <laughs> Frank Schwindel. So they got one mm-hmm. true first baseman there. Second base, he's got Nick Madrigal. Okay, understand. Shortstop, Horner, and Simmons. Do we agree on all these so far?
1: I think you could think put so. Rivas at first, too. Yeah. You like could put Rivas, Rivas at first. And that's so, what I was going to say. Yeah. So that's
0: a, that's another guy that he doesn't have in his 28-man that I know – all of us want to see at least the next two weeks in Cactus League play, just to see what you know. Give him some at bats. Yeah, see and what see he's, he's see what at. he's like going into the season. See where he's at, and 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 then I don't I don't know what happens, but like I I would like to see him get some at bats and at least have a shot at making the twenty eight man.
3: Yeah, he's had a good spring and like a little insurance for Frank at first base. I yeah. think
1: Rivas is a better defender. He also platoon, right, because he's a lefty. lefty. Yeah. Right. And, so sh- and Schwindel has definitely hit better against lefties than he has righties. Revas, a lefty, is probably going to hit better against righties than he has lefties, you know. Yeah, so th- I, th-
2: I think just at that point, like, Rivas, I'm not saying he needs to be on the major league roster, but I think he's another option that if you if don't pack the outfield, which the Cubs could go that route and pack the outfield and see what they got out there. But, I mean, Rivas can also play outfield. Like, he could be out there, he could – move between there and first base too. So it's like.
0: But it's he's a nice depth piece yeah. to have as long as you're able to store him in the minor leagues. Yeah. You, you've got him if, if Schwindel has an injury or gets a little nicked or something, you've, you've got somebody yeah. that you can bring up that is certainly serviceable. So let's put that name aside and say, okay, when we get to the end of this, there's one guy we could maybe substitute and then you have to find somebody to take off his list. Um, third base, he has Jonathan VR and Patrick Wisdom. Um, it would make sense that both would certainly be on the major league roster. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, outfield. Here's where they have five. They have Frazier. He has Hap. He has Hermosillo, Hayward, Suzuki. Uh, who don't you see on there for the outfield that you're like? Eh, I would Ortega. like to. I was gonna say Ortega. Ortega is the guy, right? Yeah. Ortega.
2: Yep. Which I mean, he was good in center field, and he actually—I mean—I I can't remember. I don't have these numbers pulled up, but I remember la- seeing it yesterday that he hit really well against righties. Nine hundred OPS. Yeah, something like that. Nine hundred something OPS. Lefties wasn't was a lot. It was kind of like that big split between he wasn't didn't do well against lefties, but he did really well against righties. Could that have been a platoon with like a Michael Hermosillo possibly? But then what do you do with Jason Hayward? he's probably going to be a center fielder with Suzuki taking over. Right. So maybe that's where it kind of leaves Ortega as the odd man out because. Right. Yeah. So now,
0: now we have two names that we could put back into the 28. We have Rivas yeah. and Ortega potentially to kind of slide back and forth. Um, and, and we don't know fully that Ian Happ is going to be ready to go right at the start of the season. So that's also a possibility that he could end up on the injured list or somewhere. And then now you have another position you can put in there. So, there is a little bit of mm-hmm. flexibility. Starting pitcher, he has six. He has the Cubs carrying six. Henrik, Stroman, Smiley, Steele, Miley, and Mills. Okay. I mean, yeah. without uh, Al's lie, that makes sense that that's the group. Seems fine to me. Yeah,
2: and I think – I don't know if that's going to be a six-man rotation because Ross really – I don't think he's uh, – from what he said earlier, like the first day we interviewed him, he wasn't like planning on going to a five-man rotation. Maybe that's changed or maybe he sees like – you know, none of these guys are going to be ready to throw to be in a five-man rotation when the season starts. So maybe that um, makes it a six-man rotation. Otherwise, I can see Hendricks, Strowman, Steele, Miley, and Mills as the starting five for you know opening day purposes. Mm-hmm. While Smiley will obviously compete, he could be a multi-ending guy. But then I, I do think eventually Smiley is going to be the, a rotation piece. It just is he going to be ready when opening day comes? I don't know. Yeah, the, the pitching part is is the part
3: of the roster where it's a little harder to, I guess, like, object with, uh, you know, and, and we'll see if Jordan's right about this. I, looking at his list, I, I don't really have too many glaring yeah. issues in terms of what I think they're going to do. And what we want them to do might depend on how many pitchers they carry. And, you know, Ryan, you mentioned this a lot yesterday, like, and we talk about it with a lot of these guys, the ramp-up period whether they're able to go five, six, seven innings deep into games, Mm -hmm. especially the starters to begin the season, again, is kind of just a function of how this off season has gone and where a lot of these pitchers are and things like that. And they're, they're probably going to carry more pitchers than you would necessarily want be a lot easier. If you could look at the rotation of bullpen, trim it down and just say, it's these guys, here are their roles. That's done. Probably not, going to be practical at least at the beginning which is going to affect how many options we can play with on the offense
2: yeah i mean i think I mean, he nailed it just in in terms of out of the 28 man roster they're going to carry 15 pitchers i think that's what they're looking at i think they're they have that's a lot right i mean obviously
0: it's a 28 man roster so it's a little bit different but that's well a lot of pitchers
2: because it was you know it was 20 last year was 26 with was a 13 pitcher max right so they added two players yeah you know, added two players to the roster, the active roster through April, and a lot of, again, a lot of the starters, you're going you're gonna to need a lot more multi-inning guys than you normally would. That's why you add another two pitchers on there. So I think the 15 guys or 15 pitchers, whether that's six starters and nine bullpen, five starters, ten bullpen, whatever that is, it, I think 15 is like the number that I think most teams are going to go after, but certainly the Cubs. Their
0: infield flexibility leads them to do that anyway, yeah. too, because you have guys that can play – Second, third, and short—you have a lot of mix yeah. and match pieces that you can move around the infield. Yeah, that when we talk about carry more pitchers, we talk
2: about you know Revis could be out there, but also maybe Revis goes to the minors or, or whatever because you could put Patrick Wisdom at at first base to give Frank Schwindel a day off. Like it's a lot of these guys are very versatile and and can go anywhere, which is I think maybe why again Rafael Ortega he would be you already have a lefty that you're going to need to put at center field and Jason Hayward and then maybe Hermosillo plays with him Ortega kind of just becomes the odd man out there so like we've kind of been saying it's like i don't think there's any like why is this guy not on the roster like he should be on the roster i don't think what Basham put up is like very far off from what i think the 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 opening day roster will
0: look like what about the bullpen so the bullpen he has nine arms he has chavez f ross givens martin norris robertson manny rodriguez keegan thompson and ron wick uh any arm on there that you see missing uh, tommy nance was another guy that Um, You know, they DFA'd him, but he had a few moments last year where people – he was raising eyebrows around not just in Chicago. Major League Baseball was looking at like, what's up with this guy? I think Um, the the numbers, I guess,
1: dipped, though, after the sticky stuff thing came through. Yeah, for sure. So maybe that has something to do with it. I do know that when he struggled, he struggled. uh, But when he was was on, you were like, this guy is going to be in the back end of our bullpen for years to come, but – yeah, I don't know. He just you didn't get enough consistency. I don't. I don't. I'm not too worried about it because I do think Ethan Roberts is going to be on the on the team eventually this year. Yeah. Um. Ethan Brad Everett. Wick will eventually be back, hopefully. Um. So yeah, missing out on timing ants, it's it sucks. In, in in this current moment, but I think the Cubs will be fine. Like and personally, I think if there's anything that we shouldn't worry about with the Cubs this year is the bullpen. They have just found a way to be a well-oiled machine of just finding random dudes to come up and be productive. Yeah. I mean, you see with, like, Chafin and Tapera last year. Like, right. Like or no, then And, they, and no one Chafin knew who they were, and what the Cubs did with them earned them, like, high-end contracts for relievers, yeah. if you can cons- all high things end considered. High-end contracts. The
2: Cubs got some solid prospects back in those trades, right. too. So it's like – and this is what even Tommy Haudy said. You know, he was like, – like, last week, I think we talked to him, but he you know, talked – when you're bringing all these bullpen guys and how much are you going into telling them, like, hey – Look at what we did with the Chaffins and the Taperas, and we turned them like they're getting solid contracts from coming through our bullpen, says whatever we do with our bullpen. And Tommy's like, obviously, we don't tell him about the ones that didn't work out, but there are a lot of examples of,
1: of guys that did work out. And you know, maybe we're there's more good than there are bad. Yeah, you yeah. can't like you can't fix Shelby Miller. I'm sorry, like he <laughs> he was what he was, yeah, you know what I mean, but yeah, certainly, but uh, you know. Like, I'm really intrigued to see what Manny Rodriguez does for the Cubs in the back end of the pen. We talked about it the other day. I was like, they, they stopped checking steroids for a reason. Dude looks like a tank. He, he looked like a tank last year, but now he looks like a tank on steroids. Um, and Rowan Wick, I think he's going to probably be the, the closer. So, but, So, I mean, nobody
0: you see there where you're like, ah, uh, I wish he was part of that mix, at least as far as the relievers go. No. So, it's two names that we're looking at where we say, well, these are guys maybe we'd like to see substituted in or at least in the mix. It's Rivas and it's Ortega. That means you'd have to take somebody out or two, two players out of that list of 28. Which,
2: I, if it's me, I don't know. Maybe you guys feel different. If it's me, I don't think you do. I don't think that there's – the, You're good with the 28 I, yeah, the that 28 he has. the 28 that he has on there. If especially maybe the bullpen you could argue. I mean, like you said, Ethan Roberts maybe could be there, but maybe he's just going to come up later. Right. But as far as, like, what they got as position player-wise with Rivas and Ortega, I just – I don't see where you – who you take off that roster and put them in there. I just don't
0: – It's possible that a spring training injury yeah, injuries may, will happen, may you know? impact this too where somebody will slide. Uh, Corey, anybody you'd want to – uh yeah, Luke.
3: Um again, <laughs> like give it, you the it's, floor. I think that, you know, Jordan's looking at what they're going to do, right? And yep. I agree yes. this is probably what they're going to do. I'm there you know there's kind of like and We're giving ad, you the, keys for to years, the car right now. Yeah, like there's, you know, a growing contingent that I think is just kind of ready to move on from Jason Hayward. And I, we've talked about this before. Like I don't think they're going to eat that money. I don't think they're going to DFA him. No. And, and I think that Ross and and you know, maybe Jed, I, I don't know how he feels, but I, I would guess that Ross really values that leadership. And, you know, again, like anytime we talk about this, it it's not meant to uh, you know, throw Jason under the bus or disregard the value he has brought to the organization in maybe not the typical way we were hoping when the contract was signed, but it it has been there in a in a variety of ways. But We've talked about it, you know, like to me, like you played Ortega last year, you saw what he could do. And I would rather make sure that guys like Frazier, Hermosillo and anyone else are getting the proper playing time to show us if the Cubs have any, maybe not a future star, but a starter, uh, a contributor going forward here. And I just, I'm not sure that I could be convinced, like, what is the value of Hayward being out there on a daily basis. If the veteran leadership is that strong, okay. But my usual response to that would be like, you know, Mike Napoli's in the dugout. Like, be, he can be a coach if he'd like to. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. we got to figure out what we have with these guys. The organization's in a transitional spot. Yeah. And Hayward, if we're all crossing our fingers that Hayward puts up, like, uh, a 105 WRC plus he's barely above average which I think we would all take at this point from him that's not a, a
2: worthwhile exercise to I, and yeah and I think if Hayward's contract wasn't so huge that's a different contract yeah, a different story but also I mean every especially the young guy the Hermosillos, you know, the young outfielders that work with Hayward on a daily basis just talked about like you look at the example Jason Hayward is setting by you know a, a Japanese player coming in and they want to move him into Jason Hayward, a World Series champion, a Gold Glove right field. They want us, they, they're telling him we're, we're putting him here. We're putting him in right field. We need you to move, and he does so without like a word. Which I mean, I don't think we've ever Jason Hayward has ever shown any ego, regardless since no. he's been on the Cubs. Like he's always been that guy. that's, like willing to do, and you you hope he's every, a popular teammate. You Very hope popular, you hope isn't. every superstar player would do that. Like Chris Bryant did that obviously last year. He moved all around the field. Jason Hayward has shown that when, when Castellanos came, he to play right field, and Hayward played in center. He's done that before, but I think that's also, you, you're saying, hey, this is our starting right fielder for the last, was it six years, seven years, and now he's moving to center field because we're having this guy come in from Japan and we want him to be comfortable in right field. So Jason Hayward's doing that. He's setting that example of, hey, I'm a you know, I'm a gold glove winner. I'm a World Series champion, but I'm gonna go do this because this is what my team needs for me. That's setting an example for the for the Michael Herma CEOs or you know, all these other young outfielders that they're like, hey. And it's the same thing with the Alec Mills. Like he's he set the example of I'm doing what David Ross has told me to do this whole time. Now I'm getting the benefit of that. And it's it's just setting an example, and obviously Jason Hayward is just you know, big leader. He's a huge clubhouse presence, and everyone in the clubhouse likes him. I think that's just why, you know, you can't get rid of Jason Hayward at this point because you're in that trans- transition period, and you need a, a vet that's going to kind of move that along.
0: Well, and it may not be a permanent move either. Like, yeah. it, like if, if he's on the opening day roster, at some point you will evaluate some of these extra outfielders, and somebody will fall off that list, you would assume. Yeah. Maybe somebody actually grabs a spot and multiple guys fall off the list because somebody grabbed it and then it it adjusts throughout the season. But I, I get what Corey's saying. I understand that it makes it easier to evaluate those guys if Hayward's not taking up that spot. But that is uh That's going to be an interesting one for the Cubs to balance throughout the season, I think. It's also
3: a bit more of, like, you know, maybe playing on, you know, kind of looking at the numbers and, you know, like, because Ryan's made, like, those are all great points, and I'm not in the clubhouse, and Ross and everybody, they have to value that. And if they really value that presence, and especially with some of these young guys, that's fine. I, you know, just fair warning, like, (laughs) if he's eating playing time, if Clint Frazier looks good or something like that, and he's eating playing time, I'm going to be mad about it. Right, how do you...
0: How do you balance, balance leadership to bring up the young guys versus opportunity for the young guys to prove that what they can do? That's yeah. really what you're concerned about. Right.
1: Yeah, And also, you know, Ortega, for example, like I feel like it's hurting Ortega more than it is Rivas because I genuinely just feel like he'd be a great platoon with Schwindel, but, you know, it is what it is. But with Ortega, I mean, realistically, if the Cubs are not in it, but Ortega is putting up solid numbers. He becomes a solid trade piece, like because he's like in his thirties. Like he he doesn't really have a, a future. You can you can look at someone like Hermosillo or Justin Steele for going to the pitching side, or or um, you know some of these other arms in the bullpen like Manny Rodriguez and Keegan Thompson and, and Rowan Wick and and Madrigal and Horner and stuff, yeah. and think okay, these guys can have a, a part of the next great Cubs team, but. Realistically, at this current moment, like Ortega, it's it's looking bleak on him being part of that. But he's he's he showed he can hit after he got the opportunity last year, so it makes sense to to want him to be part of that. And you know, we saw him play all three corner outfielder outfield spots last year. So I mean, to me, that's like I'm with Corey when it comes to this whole Hayward thing because it's like Hayward can put up. I guess 2019 numbers. That was probably his best season with the Cubs offensively. He could put up those numbers and the Cubs still won't be able to find a suitor that will take that contract. Unless you
2: give up a prospect.
1: Right. Like an Eric Hosmer situation. Right.
2: You're probably going to have to take on a big contract. But that would like. a prospect back from it.
1: That would. Not only would that cause an uproar. But also (laughs) like. uh, It just doesn't make sense for the position the Cubs are in right now. Right. So. Yeah. It's like. I don't know what. What guy they could replace with. Like. I know they're gonna need the arms because of this fast this like yeah. quick spring training, but I just think they, they need to they need Ortega on this roster opening day from in my opinion.
2: I just I just come back to the there's only so many roster spots to go around and when it's going to
0: shrink from here. It's yeah, like the roster's not getting bigger. But, but and then it's like a while.
2: it's just the fact that you also can't just give everyone a chance. Like you already giving your if, if what Bashan says comes true, which I think it is, I think that's what the roster's gonna look like. You're, already, you're giving Michael Hermosillo his shot. You're giving yeah. Clinton Frazier his shot. You're giving all these other guys their shots. There's only so many times you can be like, all right, here's your shot.
0: Like and you, they are younger <laughs> than Ortega. Yeah,
2: so it's,
1: I mean.
0: That's true. Yeah. They are younger than Ortega.
1: I guess I'm looking more in the present and in the future when it comes to Ortega. Because, like I said, I if you look at this team realistic realistically, do we think they're going to be in the playoff chase in July? No. But if he's having a solid year hitting or having an OPS at 900 against uh, right-handed pitching a team is going to want that and I could see it yep. if they cut him I could see a team picking him up and then he just becoming an automatic factor and then you're like man the Cubs could have kept him got that production <laughs> traded him we're sitting here and we're like Jed what are you doing and then you know also and uh, I have to sit here and defend what the Cubs did because that's the guy I am Outfield update:
2: uh, Sayo <laughs> Suzuki went down looking again in a second. I bet. Over two. I don't I'm, know. I don't know that I would have bet on that. I'm break. reading on Twitter that it was another uh, people watching live, questionable,
0: Here's,
3: questionable call. Should I Guys, he's busts? just <laughs> getting a
0: good look at what major league <laughs> pitching is going to be like. He's evaluating. He should he's get waiting. used
3: to the umpires is calling him out on pitches that are not strikes. That's something he needs to adjust <laughs> to. Unfortunately, Until <laughs>
0: the robots get here. Yeah. All right, let's take care of our sponsors because uh, they support <laughs> us, and. We are very happy about that.
1: Yeah, our, our sponsor, PointsBet, where I placed my bet on Villanova minus five last night, um, is the best way to support Direct CHGO. Shot right there <laughs> is the best way to support CHGO. Is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. You're home for live in-play Betting just got even better. Introducing Points Bet's new feature live. College basketball, same game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with Points Bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. <laughs> and there's more. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the Points Bet app right now and register your account. From start to finish, all from your phone, Luke did it. It's the simplest thing. If he can figure it out, I promise all of you can do it as well. Plus, during points bet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used. For that round, so you could place fifty dollars on Miami minus three tonight, like me and Sean are. And whenever they're down early, and you're feeling juicy, you when take that twenty dollar live bet and place a bet on the money line for Miami when they're at plus money. And when they come back and win and win by four, you just double all that money up, and you're just feeling absolutely incredible about yourself. You just—that I mean—that's the point. That's how it goes with points. That's back. how it yeah. goes. I feel good. That's just the points back cash. difference right there. <laughs> So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I wish I would
2: have just followed you, you, your bets, (laughs) instead of even just putting any money on a bracket because my bracket's toast. I have (laughs) one possible Elite Eight team left, and that's it. So I'm just going to follow the uh the
1: Cody picks of the day going forward. Well, I do love uh St. Peter's plus 13 cuz it is National Peacock Day. Oh, mm. I do love a good narrative bet and I mean, what <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? So <laughs> That's fair. All right.
2: All right. Please everyone, if you like what we do, just please, you know, please. This is a plea. Please. <laughs> this is a plea for no, me. No, um, you know, we, we we put out a lot of good content. Um, and obviously with YouTube, you know, we're giving it to you for free. But we would love you all to become members of CHGO, all, all of CHGO.com. You know, we do podcasts, live shows on every team every day. We do post-game shows, especially when, you know, baseball season's coming up. We're going to do post-game shows after most games, at least, if not Less every game. Less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. Yeah, we got premium written content from four members at allCHGO.com. You got me. Obviously, I'm putting out good stuff. Putting out really good stuff for y'all. Uh, we got dope merch, as Grandpa Stucky would say. Dope for merch for all
0: teams. Dope merch. I'm
2: not even going to try to say that. We got dope merch. Hashtag dope merch. Throw it on Twitter. Free shirt when you become a member. And you get access to the members-only Discord, a.k.a. the CHGO Lounge. Nice. How are we looking on the uh, the lounge? I've had no we'll-
0: feedback. From the powers that be, I see Jake over there, and we've had no feedback on the velvet robes that we've asked for, <laughs> oh well, but velour yes. velvet robes for the for the discord lounge no oh, it's a uh, shipping they delay. Yeah. they're mm-hmm. custom all right, all right. made you know hand robes woven. currently robes are caught up with all the microchips for cars, and we just can't right, get yeah, them right now so big. we're we're still working on it. it's microchips and velour robes <laughs> that have really been delayed,
2: all right, but yeah, so we get you know, we give you all this stuff every day, so if you like what we do. Spread the word, allchgo.com, become a member, join us, uh, let's build a community here. CHGO, let's do Couldn't it. did
0: not it any better, Ryan. Very nice. Uh, so, Maddie Lee had an article in the Sun-Times uh, with Chris Bryant. KB not playing for the Rockies today because, I guess, veterans don't like to usually go to road games in spring training no, times. They it, kind of think it... You know they don't want to go the extra ten miles, so they get it off. It was funny. It was mm. funny because
2: I I tweeted that like I saw Thomas Harding, one of the Rockies beat writers, yeah, like, to the line I'm like, oh yeah, you I'm know, not a surprise. Chris Bryant won't play the Cubs today. Someone's like, why would KB still care? Like what? I'm like, it's because it's a spring. It's a road trip. It's a spring yeah. road game. Like that's why he was not playing today. That's yeah. why it's not a We're surprise. We're gonna see the
1: Rockies in like the first two weeks of yeah. Or... So
2: I don't I don't think it matters
3: who people <laughs> no. would like
1: to. Create a juicier narrative, uh,
3: yeah, well, though. You know like, what I mean? They no. see now, something like that. Corey right would yet. probably. No would way. Probably. But can <laughs> you imagine <laughs> a juicy narrative? Can you imagine if he
0: played today and Suzuki struck out twice looking and Chris Bryant came up in two at-bats and hit two home runs? Oh, yeah. oh That'd be man. Fun. That, that Cubs Twitter would be fun. Be on fire right now. But uh, anyways, he had some nice things to say. The, he did point out that these are the two teams, Cubs and Rockies, that were really hot on him going into the draft. You know, he thought the Rockies were going to take him. The Cubs took him. Uh, before they could get to him. And he said, um, it's always a special place for me, Chicago. Um, and he talked about that. And he also said, it's it's a definitely a different era of Chicago Cubs baseball and wishing them the best of luck, just not against us. And if you're on, watching on YouTube, you see him there in his Rockies purple jersey. It just looks so strange. To, I mean, the Giants one looks strange. This one really looks weird. I, I didn't know that... Uh
1: going to do this segment so i'm going to try not to, we're on camera i'm going to try not to start sobbing right <laughs> on, on sob. here yeah i will say the the pinstripe uni the home the home uni they have i saw pictures of him in it he looks pretty good in it so uh you know it is what it is did he say it was a different era for the Cubs because he Definitely
0: had seen the, the Cubs? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's different here. Yeah, it's different. He'd here. Seen the slogan, Just a maybe coincidence. Yeah. Uh, no, he also said it's you know Chicago's a special place. Loved everything about our experience there. Now we're going to have a whole new experience that we're going to love in Colorado. So, best of luck to him. Got his one hundred and eighty-two million dollars. Can't fault anybody for taking $182 oh, yeah. million. I, I don't know or if we or betting on themselves.
2: Well, I mean, reports
0: were – Thank you, Natalie.
2: Well done. <laughs> reports were what, like he was getting offered 200 mil or something like that from the Cubs. I mean, I don't know if I, – I, I saw rumors. I don't know if that was actually ever reported. A, and he right, definitely refused to He sort of, he's, he's yeah. sort of yeah. he, like, denied that. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he refused it. It. What did he say, like, after yeah. 2016? Like, like that's
0: green like and then that was it. Yeah, he's like, I'd like to see those offers if they <laughs> are out there. Right. Yeah, His so. camp always said so.
2: no.
3: But, yeah, of course, like, good luck to him. I mean, Cody and I joked about this – A a lot. Like, there are a lot of Cubs fans that have gotten what they wanted with some of these guys, right? Like, they wanted the team to be less swing and miss, less home (laughs) run heavy. A lot of people thought KB was overrated or a lot of bad and erroneous things they said about him. And you got your wish. They got a bunch of contact guys, and Chris Bryant plays for somebody else. So a guy that was, uh, I think, from 2015 – I think to 2019 when he debuted to 2019 before the pandemic season, he was the third best player in baseball behind Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. But a lot of people in Chicago. According to like war, right? Yes. Looking at war. Yeah. No, I think it uh, like you know just what? your personal. No, 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 and, no. no not no. Like, <laughs> on, on not fan just regrets. war. The yeah. eyeball yeah. test told sure. you he was, he yeah. was right he there He belongs too. in there. Yeah. And when so, healthy, he's yes, yes. Uh, my official position is I wish him the best. I desperately wish that he was still here, but played out the way it played out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Closure, Cody? Yeah, closure. Again, closure. That's what the C in the shirt's for? Yeah. Closure. Today. Closure.
1: Because, like, again, I tweeted this morning, like, I just feel like out of the three guys from a pure baseball perspective, I think the Cubs will regret not finding a way to keep him around the most. Whether, you know, you take out all of the stuff regarding, like, Scott Boris and contract talks and all this, like, when you really want to retain someone, I think you just find a way to do it. And I feel like I said this about Rizzo the other day. Like, I feel like from a pure, like just having like a good exit, like a not bad blood, not a bad breakup type thing. Like they'll regret that one the most, but they didn't really have a bad breakup with Javi or Bryant. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think with Rizzo, it's much different with that and that like that aspect. But when it comes to pure baseball, like I, I Chris Bryant is going to hurt the Cubs over the next seven years in Colorado, and when they trade him in like two or three years because they decide they don't want to pay him anymore, he's going to go somewhere else, and he'll probably be in the National League, and he's going to hurt the Cubs that way too. Or, or like Luke said, maybe they trade him back to the Cubs.
0: Would you, would you rather have Chris Bryant on the roster or Stroman and Suzuki?
3: I mean, I'm gonna take Chris Bryant. Yeah. I, I love Strowman. I love both of those deals, and I think they're they're gonna work into their long term plan. It's a good alternative. Yeah, but I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a Chris Bryant guy for life. It, I always thing, was. The like, thing yeah. is, is
1: like if you take Strowman and Suzuki off the roster, but you have Chris Bryant, you're taking away the other needs that they did actually shore up. So right. it's like, yeah, I think as, yeah.
2: as like just looking at it objectively, it's like. Strowman and Suzuki will probably like just for the next five years or whatever. Not, I guess Strowman's only three years, but for the immediate future, it's like just gonna be better off. You know, I think it's actually like less money. No, is it less money? Am I wrong on that? Anyway, no. Uh, but they got plenty of money to spend regardless, right? But uh, just you have a who should be a very good pitcher. You have a right fielder who, if he brings high any, upside. yeah if, high upside, if brings anything over from Japan, like he should be a really good player. And I, th- I just think you know Chris Bryant. I think I just think that was the. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it was the right time for that breakup, but it's just like there was. There, I don't know if he would have resigned in Chicago. I don't know if again, like I get you, that's would, kind of what I was would, saying. It's like
1: yeah. you take out all of the everything. All, yeah. Like you take out all of that and just look at it from a pure baseball perspective. Yeah. I, I I think the Cubs will completely regret not having
0: a Him player of his team. caliber yeah. on their team. But well, are many
2: things he can do. Yeah, I mean that's just. As But I'm, I did tell you I don't like positionless baseball. I said the first season. Yeah, well, then, <laughs> then and and it it,
3: were, it would maybe fit – it fits this group in a way, but it might be better if, like, the whole team wasn't not sure what position yeah, they're playing. But Somebody. I think your question, like the comparison, does highlight sort of the issue with this Cubs offseason. Now, they, they obviously, like we talked about the Forbes value, they have plenty of money they could have spent even to the luxury tax to fix this, but – when you phrase it that way, like, would you rather have had Chris Bryant or this? And you bring up a good point where it's like, well, then you just have another issue, you know, like, and it does right. highlight, you know, kind of what they have talked about and tried to be a little honest about whether we like it or not, that solving all of this in one off season was going it's to nice. be a, a pretty difficult task. They, they could have spent more money, but it still would have been difficult to get to the point where you were like, okay, check, check, check. Like we,
2: Fixed all these holes, great. There's a reason why all these guys are signing one-year contracts. Like, they're saying, hey, Drew Smiley, are you going to be good for us this year? If not, you know, just one-year contract. Same with, like, Clem Clem Frazier. Was it one-year contract, I think? Yeah, with him, it's like, all these guys are signing one-year contracts because they want to say, like, hey, if you're good for us this year, we can re-sign you next time. That's what the Cubs are saying. And that's just kind of what the season's going to be. It's like, there's a bunch of one-year deals. And if, you know, if you're not... what you know what's going to help the Cubs win in the future? They're going to not resign you. Like, that's just what this, still, that's what season is.
0: We got Chris Bryant on the table. If you're watching on YouTube, twice. he still so. might be back uh, twice. Yeah. Excuse oh, me. <laughs> is that his glove? No, uh, <laughs> that's my bobblehead. He still might be back because we all know the Rockies are the Rockies, and they'll be trading him in two years. And anyway he has to America. demand that
3: though because he's got the yes, he has control. Of that. So he would have to get sick. Yeah, of but <laughs> when the Cubs have <laughs> whatever the, they're the, doing, when
0: the new core is there, yeah. and he's willing to come back with his cape on and be the final piece. It'll it'll be wonderful. He's going to come on. A wonderful story. That would
3: be an insane story. Brennan hits third. I want to hit fourth. (laughs) Let's go. Let's ride.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, All right. So, yesterday we talked about starting rotation where the Cubs were going to go around the roster, where they rank in the division, right? Yep. We did starting pitching. We figured they're probably third in the division Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs. Today we're doing best catchers in the division. We're going to start at the bottom at number five and work our way up. Fifth Ooh. place in the division for <laughs> catching, and Let we Cody reveal it, Natalie. Okay, it's out. the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Suck it, Yachty. Sorry, sorry to Yadi Armelina. You're going to be 39 years old, and we think the Cardinals had the worst position for catching in the entire division. <laughs> I'll, I'll just,
2: I'll just say I was overruled on this, on this selection. Oh my! This is this a, was oh. may,
0: this is uh, this was a decision. Made solely by Cody, but I endorse it. <laughs> <laughs> I also I, wasn't
1: here when the decision was made. No, this might be my favorite moment of this podcast's short history. Um, Yadier Molina is the most overrated baseball player of my lifetime.
0: The oh, end. Wow. The end. And so we put him in at number five.
1: I mean, I mean if you're looking
3: <laughs> wow. like, I like, I think it's Roberto not ins- Perez is pre- with the, the Pirates is probably at the bottom, but like, for sure. You know, like Yadi, but he's not thirty-nine. Yadi, right? And you know, Yadi, like an eighty-three WRC plus year, a, a pretty decidedly below-average year at the plate, only getting older. Like, and yeah, he.
1: Yeah, I he hope sucks. someone yeah. clips yeah. this and throws <laughs> it on the internet for people to see. I, 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 I need, I need all of the smoke from Cardinals. This the most overrated
2: player in your lifetime. Most overrated player more in my lifetime. More than like
1: Jeter.
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah, more than Jeter. Jeter Wait, has... Well, like at least a, Jeter has 3,000 yes. hits.
3: When he has, like, sort of, like, a, a, mm-hmm. mytho- a mythological way about him, but, like, his numbers are really quite good. Yeah. He's probably overrated defensively,
2: especially later in his career. But I think he's overrated in that he's, in like... He gets this is, constantly talked this about is upper perhaps, tier of... Uh, but, like, anyway, Yachty, the,
3: the, the easiest thing that always comes up is... I can't compare Jeter to Molina. If Yachty is better. a also. surefire Hall of Famer, everybody always says, well, Jason Kendall had better numbers, and you don't think of Jason Kendall that <laughs> right. way. And it's, and it's true. And yeah. then, like, anyway. Yachty, for whatever reason, gets a lot of credit for, like... The same stuff that every is yeah. annoys everybody with the Cardinals in general, right? They're kind of like aura and playing the game the right way. Ugh, like okay, Cardinal like way. we can <sighs> we can go look at I think it was against the Braves two years ago maybe where he has like a walk off hit and he's like making some obscene gestures right. towards his throat. Perverted. I, I wouldn't say it's respecting the game. So that's that's why I'm <laughs> with Cody. Like I'm I'm totally put him below fifth, put him sixth. Like so, if we could true. put they him sixth division, <laughs> we the would the Cardinals and Yachty as a whole do not deserve this sort of like aura that they have We're around. We're
0: saying them. he's worse than the backup for the other guys if we put him six. We could say somebody's backup is better than he is. In the <laughs> Yon starting. Gomes all day, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If you're taking two from the Cubs, technically he might <laughs> be. Yachty's Sixth in the division.
1: Yadier Molina oh, is the Frank Gore of baseball. Do, do, I, I say I <laughs> you say. Know, all you, know this, you, you know if you clip that Cardinals Twitter will find it. Well, I say uh, on this care. Though,
3: but direct all, your, if, yeah. know, direct all of your yeah direct all your tweets to, to Cody. He wants them. He blocked me he on Instagram. Of
1: you hate to see it. Like you know I didn't even like curse at him or call him a name. I just told him he was wrong and he's soft and blocked me. I mean, he blocked you on Twitter? He blocked me on Instagram. On Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. That's, on Instagram. That's like yeah. funnier than He's getting He's not back active on Twitter. On Twitter. I wish he'd block me on Twitter. Right. That'd be a, one of the greatest moments of my internet life. Do it you coward. Yachty, block
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> Number 4, nice. we're going we're going to go with the Pirates, uh, Roberto Perez. So that's right? Yeah, I that's think we decided yeah, we yeah, I think I mean, he fair. played they're trying to lose
2: forty-four games last year. This is most the most, he's played over hundred games.
1: Stallings a was their best catcher, and then yeah. they traded him. I mean, I'm he's played sure. over hundred games. I mean, not counting
2: the twenty twenty-two season, the twenty twenty season, which he still only played half the season. He's only played over hundred games once in his career. I, just, I mean. He was solid in 2019, but you know I think you're just looking and not
3: necessarily yeah Yeah. expecting him to. I mean, he hit 149
2: last year in 141 at bats.
3: He was annoying in the uh, 2016 World Series, which he didn't win because he was on uh, Cleveland. The the Cubs won that series,
0: so you know. And and back to Molina, I was thinking for a second, like if he walked in the building right now, I'd be the only person older than him in this office right now you'd have to hold right and and nobody in here is trying to play (laughs) major league baseball so oh grandpa Stucky's older than someone i'm older than yadi molina for sure (laughs) um well let's go to the reds at number three we think the reds are at number three with tyler stevenson the former 11th overall pick in 2015 uh hit 10 homers last year there's some promise there i'm like while the Reds are also trying to lose, they do have some young players, and he's certainly one of them. Yeah, Tucker Barnhart was the
1: guy before that, and mm-hmm. they moved him, I'm pretty sure, as well. So now it's his chance to step in there and and uh, make some noise. Uh, I've seen the guy hit. The guy can hit. I, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if in one or two years he's right up there, you know, top two.
2: Yeah, I mean, his actual rookie year last year, played 132 games, 286, you know, 286 – Average three sixty six on base four thirty one slugging, uh, you know. And all those aren't are advanced analytical numbers, but I mean, just even the I mean, he's a good player. He's a solid player. He's a, uh, I think he's still technically might be a rookie. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But he's you know he should be a, a guy that the Reds could count on as a catcher for at least a few years and a solid productive catcher yeah, from what I what I took from last see year. See how he develops. But yeah, I mean,
3: even if you want to look at those advanced numbers one eleven WRC plus, so a right. little above average, rated well defensively as well. And if we were looking strictly wins above replacement, which I I don't even like to do that, but it's an easy kind of way to compare guys, 2.0. Like if you look at the guys we're talking about, like that, yeah. and that he's not put 39. Him, that would put he's him 30, in the competition
2: for being toward the top of this list. Yeah. So if he's able to, and he doesn't cry sustain on that, yeah. yeah, it's just the fact that he's <laughs> solid player, a young, he's 25 yeah. years old, like he has one full season yeah. in the big leagues, which is. Why number three is, I think, perfect for him. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's just put the next two on there. We're going Brewers and then Cubs. And we think that Contreras and Gomes give the Cubs the best catching combination in the division. Now, I will say, this may be the only position that the Cubs win in the division. I'm we're, We haven't gone through the rest, but this is, this is a clear win. Now, the, yeah. they've got some other shots at it, but I think this is the one position where the Cubs have a clear win at one position in the division <clears throat> yeah. where it's pretty clear to me that they're the best.
1: Wilson Contreras is a top five catcher in baseball. Like, yes. Yeah. yes. I
0: mean, that's not a hot take. That's, that's, no, that's He's mean, by packed. far the best yeah. catcher in the division, <laughs> and Jan Gomes is a very nice backup catcher. I mean, yeah,
2: I mean, the, I think that the only reason he's a backup is because they sold him on, hey, like, you know, I mean, I don't know if they told him, like, hey, we're planning on trading Wilson Contreras. Like, you know, I don't know that's thing, but they at least sold him on, like, hey, we're trying to. You know, we have a DH now. We're trying to make sure Wilson Contreras isn't catching right. by far the most innings of any catcher in the league. You know, you're going to play a lot. We're going to get Wilson off his feet. We're going to DH him every once in a while. That's why Jan Gomes is in Chicago. That's why he's on the Cubs. Uh, he could probably be starting on the Pirates right now yeah. if I think, they really wanted to. I think to. you hope for for
3: big things from Wilson. I know, yeah. you know, he's obviously has to deal with his contract and all of that stuff and try his best to tune that all out and. We've seen that work different ways for different guys. Some guys seem to really be affected by it in a negative way, and other guys, you know, the, hey, I yeah. got a contract coming up. I'm going to go out and kill it. But I'm really, really hopeful that Jan Gomes allows Wilson to kind of, like, get even higher because yeah. it's it's been very clear, like, that he gets worn down catching so many pitches, and they just have not – supported him in that way and jan Gomes is a, a nice support system for him so i'm hoping yeah. that not being behind the plate catching nine innings every day allows wilson to flourish right. even more than we've seen him yeah.
2: and i think that's you know, why i'm bring, bringing in jan Gomes is a probably i mean can you name off the top of your head like a better backup catcher in the league just like a one-two I not mean, that I, was I, available I, yeah, yeah, not sure. off the top of my head yeah. so i'm like he's gonna be a very good backup catcher he's not I mean he's gonna start a decent amount I think just to get Wilson off his feet and not make him catch and again nine innings a game um he's Wilson Contreras is obviously the starting catcher he's you know you the Cubs obviously hope that he has a great year um but you know you have Jan Gomes there for insurance whether that's insurance for a trade insurance for an injury whatever and I think you know he's could he's a serviceable catcher obviously and he'll if say Wilson Contreras gets traded or Wilson Contreras gets hurt you can throw Jan Gomes in there and he'll be a, he'll be at least a solid catcher for you. Well versus last Nevada, year. When they Nevada isn't like he's like
1: he's, he's making solid. his way up. I mean yeah. he's, yeah. he's twenty nine for sure. He you know, he's kind of a late bloomer star with the White Sox, went to Seattle for a year. Yeah. Um but like
0: it's fair they're second. Like
1: he last year he had a two point eight at F war. He had never been higher than you know, I think he has a one point nine with Seattle in twenty nineteen. But this last year was by far his best year. Obviously, Contreras was kind of injury prone, or not prone, but plagued last year. And with everything that happened after the deadline, the Cubs weren't any, they weren't trying to push him any more than they had to. So if you look at the numbers from just based off last year, I guess you could somewhat argue that Narvaez is, is, quote unquote, better than Contreras. But if you look at their careers as a whole, I mean, at this point, you can say that Contreras is better than him. But uh, I mean, I guess that kind of ruins our our troll I, on Cardinals <laughs> there. But I, I don't. Yeah, view, I, don't I, I give would two take shits. I would
3: take Contreras. It's you know because mm-hmm. we're doing the rankings. It's worth noting right. that Nervia is solid and of course, one. like you know, well, again, we gave him like, second. Yeah, yeah, they they've figured out. I think he's uh, you know a pretty solid, You know, I think he rates well in like the pitch framing stuff, and they they know what they're doing there. Yeah. Right. I, like, I mean, like, I th-
2: you know. I think Contreras is the best catcher in the division. I think that's you know you can say that. And Omar Narvaez and would have more of an argument if the Cubs again didn't add Jan Gomes as their backup catcher. I think just the catching, the the situation in general, the Cubs have the best situation yeah. at catcher in the division the by None, like no, no. And yeah.
0: and I and I do have some. I don't want Yadier Molina to feel left out of the conversation. I do have something for him at thirty nine. This is this we got something for him, something for me, it's something for him. What do we got. You want to start your day with a competitive edge, Yadier Molina? Strava CBD coffee is a game changer. (laughs) It's helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers Mm -hmm. delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some real benefits that can help you. You'll feel alert. Focused, without jitters. Live your day more balanced with less anxiety from Cubs fans and fewer (laughs) aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy your more stressful, sleepful night so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava's all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated, full-spectrum, CBD tinctures for looking for more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage of effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% on their entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount discount coupon valid on Non-subscription purchase is only one use per customer. Already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on a preferred schedule. All right, real quickly.
1: Uh, I would like to report that Herb has clipped a moment from this podcast, and it's about or Molina, so... Shout-out to Herb for uh, starting already? the war because I'm, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> well, you're getting a lot of love on the comments. I tell you what, Cody, a lot of people are excited for you that you've been blocked by Yadier Molina. <laughs> it's it's like a badge of honor. You know, it is a, it is one know, of
1: the great you know, the, achievements of my life. Yeah, yeah hockey,
0: yeah. you get the A on your sweater. You get the C on your sweater. <laughs> you've got the C on your shirt because you're our captain based on the fact that you've been blocked by, by Yadier Molina. It's very impressive. And uh, who's out there, like – Baris is saying it's great. <laughs> Rachel's saying it's great. Uh,
1: I mean, I put it in my Twitter bio for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Blocked by here. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud yeah. about it. So, uh, shout out to everyone in the comments. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Before we <laughs> go, uh, today is the 25th of March. As we head into the weekend, name your favorite 25s in Cubs Derek history. Derek Lee. Derek
2: Lee, you know that about it.
0: Derek Lee is the easy one, right? <laughs> right off the bat. You got any others that, you know, no. you want to say, ooh, I like number 25?
3: You know I'm not good with this. No, no. I'm not either. I'm but not. I, I always love Derek Lee getting his, his shine uh, all these years later. He was a great player, and I don't think we or the organization talks about him enough. Yeah. G-
2: give us some names, Luke.
3: What uh, we got for
0: us. The great Pete LeCocq back in the day. Great name. Uh Carl name. Tuffy Rhodes, three home runs on opening sure. day. Still Tuffy. the greatest opening day in Cubs history. Nice. Uh pitching coach Chris Bassio. Oh I like that. There aren't too many others on that are really All right. it wasn't a great list. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say with Pete
2: LeCocq and then I saw that the Cubs I think they optioned Lock St. John today. It was not that moves. We should do a draft of like best names in Cubs history. Best Cub like names. Because I was even talking about it. I saw I saw Lock St.
0: Brown is obviously one.
2: You see Lock St. John, the locker, and one of the locker in the on one of the locker in the locker rooms in the clubhouse, and you see Lock St. John. Card. I'm like, that's that Lock St. John is was probably the best name that I saw. Jonas Ses
1: Fargus? Fargus. Yeah, he's he's on the Yeah, was yeah. that last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah. I'm pretty Locke sure he's John, gonna be in like Iowa this year. But that is good. That's a great name, though. I well, bet
0: he'd like some Dupe Merche. Maybe. We should we send him some, some we'll however see. you say it, dope merch. Uh, Natalie's <laughs> giving us the wrap it up. You guys are out yeah. of time. This is more than enough for a Friday afternoon. <laughs> Just saying, it's a draft. That's a draft uh, topic, possibly. That is something to think about moving forward. Best names. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Have a great weekend. Suzuki debut. Not what we thought, but... There's always tomorrow. Fly the W.